That's a clown question, bro. Hi, what's up, Bunny? So I'm gonna kick some dirt. He gets on base. Just a bit outside. I'm not the type of player that's gonna be Johnny Hustle. If you don't want me to watch the ball, you can go get it out of the ocean. And welcome to the show to be named later, where we're talking baseball kind of whenever. Kind of when it's, you know, it's nine in the morning here on a, on a Thursday. Uh, so it is, it is kind of whenever. Yeah. I'm your host, Chris Gianta. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? I'm doing pretty good, Chris. Uh, still a lot of good baseball to be played. Not, not in Boston, unless you're looking at the game where they faced Jacob deGrom. But, hey, we're, we're climbing two and four. Uh, the rest of the league's been pretty interesting, though. Yeah, not, you know, you don't see a lot of teams. I don't think there's any, like, five, there's not a lot of five-and-one teams or one-and-five teams, so every, no. everyone's kind of getting their jabs in. They're all clumped together, essentially. Yeah, and, yeah, so there's not necessarily any crazy surprises. Like, there were some one-and-four teams yesterday that I was ready to... Uh, right to, off? To, to Not right off, but talk about, you know, the, how they kind of surprised us yesterday. As of yesterday, both the Reds and the White Sox were one and four, two teams that mm-hmm. were um, highly talked about over the offseason. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if they started out one and five, especially in a 60 game season, that would have been a, a huge uh, blow to them. However, yep. both of them got the wins last night. And, uh, yeah. Same and, with the Mariners, too. Yeah. And it's looking like and the Red Sox. It's been yeah, it's been pretty competitive in the first six games. Yeah, no, everyone's everyone's sticking right together. Uh, we got some news to talk about today. First of all, we record Sunday night. I wake up Monday morning. Marlins have gone rogue. There is a huge COVID outbreak in Miami. Uh, about seven, what is it? Seventeen players and coaches have, as of this point have tested positive since uh, I believe uh, so. the beginning of this week. Nearly half the team. Uh, yeah, it had to be the Marlins, of course. Their season has been put on hold until Sunday. Uh, the Phillies are getting tested. They haven't gotten any positives yet. Uh, then again, of course, it usually takes a couple weeks, so you could be seeing it soon. Uh, but the Marlins are the only team to have positive tests in the past like week or so. So they obviously did something irresponsible outside of, of whatever bubble they're supposed to be staying in. And you got to hope they didn't infect the Phillies. Yeah, the the whole situation of of them of them being literally the only team to get any new positives is yep. uh, pretty mind blowing. It, it it's got to be the Marlins, of course. Yeah, it has to be. I mean, this is the most damage they've done in the league since about two thousand three. Two thousand three, yeah. Yeah. So some people's lifetimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's tough. So, I mean, you know, this is obviously really, really tough for the MLB. You know, they spent all this time mandating how they were going to prevent the spread of COVID. It's three days into the season when this happens. What do you think, what do you think like extra precautions are going to be? Well, I think they've announced some extra precautions. I think they, uh, they're going to have like a home monitor, right? Yeah. No leaving the hotel, um, at all, except for, you know, team activities. I didn't. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know how that. I don't know how that wasn't there before. Like, the, like in the NBA bubble, like if you go and get Postmates, like you're screwed. 
Like, I yeah. don't know how they're letting people go out anywhere without some sort of security. Like, I don't, I don't, I think they should have been there long before. Yeah. Especially when you're, I mean, yeah, especially when you're, <laughs> it's, you're a 30 team club with plenty of coaches and mm-hmm. coaching staff. Yeah. It, you have to be extremely, extremely careful. It's not, it's not like a regular person. It's, you know, you're part of a giant wheel that's trying to turn. And you're in Florida. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like literally the one of the worst places you could possibly be for COVID, and you're the ones that are going out and being irresponsible, assuming that's what it was. But it sounds a lot like it if they're the only team that's getting positive tests, and there's 17 of them. Yeah, and not only Florida, Miami, Florida, where it's probably yeah. hit – some yeah. of, like that's probably the hardest hit city in the past month or so. It's pretty. It would be pretty easy to assume that, yeah. But yeah, uh, so yeah, the Marlins case. It's it's very weird. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird that is they're the only new positives. You know that'll probably mm-hmm. change uh, at some point, but no changes yet. It's been about three days, and there hasn't mm-hmm. been any new positives from any other teams. So you have to that's wonder, definitely- like what the scheduling is going to be like now because there's a lot less time to make up these games. They're missing seven, I believe, or maybe six uh, with the fact that their season's being put on hold for at least a week at this point. It could be more than that. Uh, so, so what's the league going to do, going to do to reschedule all these Marlins games, uh, assuming they don't, assuming they don't play for like maybe a week and a half, two weeks at the most. Yeah. I mean, Eric, you know, now if you're the MLB, you're kind of happy that it's a, non-competitive team yeah but they're also playing they also could be playing contending teams like they were supposed to play the phillies this week that's a team that could contend they very well i don't think it's a guarantee but by no means are anyone saying like are they writing them off at the beginning of the year they're playing the nationals this weekend it's the defending world series champions so i mean you're gonna have to find ways to reschedule games for those teams too so you know obviously it is good that it happened to the marlins uh for the basis of it's a team that's not expected to go anywhere but the teams that they're playing are, so that's a problem. Yeah, I imagine they'll probably do some – they might do, like, some, uh, like, combined series later in this later in the yeah. season where – Yeah, game series against the Nationals. Yeah, and they'll just do it all at the same stadium because, four, you know, who, yeah. who really cares? Four straight doubleheaders. Yeah, I mean, I was to say Nate Pearson yesterday pitched as a home pitcher in Nationals Park. Uh, yeah. They just decided not – to travel, which I can understand because the Blue Jays are still iffy on even if they have a home or not. They were going to play, they were cleared to play in Buffalo, it sounds like. Uh, mm-hmm. But maybe they're still working out a couple of kinks here and there if they're still playing home games in Washington. Yeah. Uh, which is, I mean, I, it's good for them. Like, it they definitely don't is have good. To. I mean, the less travel, the better. Mm-hmm. So, also, yeah, I but... thought, so one thing I thought was pretty funny yesterday, I was watching Nate Pearson's debut. He did pretty well, by the way. Five hits, uh, or no, five innings, two hits, two walks, and five strikeouts, I believe it was. Did yes, pretty well correct. for himself. Uh, didn't, and no earned runs, too, so that's important. Still got still rocking a zero ERA. But um, the game was played in Nationals Park with the Blue Jays being the home team against the Washington Nationals, and they were piping in the crowd noise for the Blue Jays on the Nationals' home field, which that's I thought was pretty funny. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, that was a, that was a, that was a duel. You know, we we won't get too much into this, but yeah, Nate Pearson looked very good. Against Uh, Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer had a very good bounce back performance against an offense that's, you know, not, 
not an offense you roll over. No. That was, yeah, that was a very good uh, duel to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, anything more on the on the Marlins? Uh, yeah, I mean, outbreak. This obviously caused a lot of questions with the league. Like, I mean, what went wrong with the, with the precautions? How is it going to affect? And like, and I mean, if this happens again, like, how? When do we consider just shutting the whole thing down? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think there's probably going to be maybe one or two Phillies that test positive in the next few weeks. I mean, what if this happens like in the last week of the the season to a, to a contender, what happens if the Yankees see 10 positive tests in late September? Yeah. I mean, that's definitely a a situation. That's, that's a nightmare situation for the MLB Mm -hmm. and you know, you're almost, yeah, you're very happy right now that it was a non-competitive team. Mm-hmm. If anything, you don't want yeah. it to be anyone, but if, if it has to be someone, given who, let it be the Marlins. Yeah, and you know, hopefully, hopefully they're not too affected by it physically. Yeah, but that's that's the facts of the situation. Some something happened uh, that we are unaware of, and that's that's it. That's it for the Marlins. Yeah. Uh, some other news. Some other unfortunate news. Speaking of um, people being affected physically, uh, Corey Kluber is uh, actually out for the year. No conflicting reports. He's was it for the year? I thought it was. I heard four weeks, and they're gonna reevaluate. Yeah, I I saw forty five day IL. So I guess I guess he'll be back for the last week of the season. Oh, shoot. Okay. But well, yeah, I mean, obviously, that's not what you want to feel the Rangers. You're lucky that you still didn't give up too much to get Corey Kluber, and you're lucky that you still have a few more years of control. When is Corey Kluber a free agent? I think after this year. Is it actually? Um, yeah. I should take a look. I'm I'm looking it up right now. I mean, if that's if that's the way, it, if that's true, yeah, 2021, he's a free agent. Wow. So that that could be it for Corey Kluber in a Rangers uniform. How how about that? You're yeah, you got, one, they got one, one shut. They got one shutout inning out of him. Yeah, they got point one uh, baseball wins above replacement. There you go. Baseball, baseball reference. reference. <laughs> baseball wins above replacement. Yep. But yeah, a tear in the right shoulder for the Rangers. I mean, it definitely uh, it makes me think about them differently in terms of their status in the AL West. I know. You had them in fourth place, which probably will not change. But you know, yeah. I had them in third place, and now they're looking more like a fourth place team. Honestly, maybe the Mariners could overtake them at this point. Yeah, it's definitely possible. I mean, the the rotation does still have its depth. Um, mm-hmm. They have, yeah. they still have their two major pieces from last year. That Lance Lynn uh, has looked really good this season so far. He carved up the Diamondbacks yesterday. Uh, for the most part, I think the bullpen gave up some runs afterwards. Let me check. But I know yeah, it was zero zero after pretty late in the game. And I believe he only gave up. Um, I might have only given up two hard hit balls uh, that entire uh, that entire game through his six yeah. innings pitched. And yeah, yeah, he he still has a zero 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 ERA through how many innings pitched this season? Six innings. Yeah, 
I mean, he was like, he was my guy to watch on the Rangers. So I'm obviously happy about that. Um, yeah, he, he was one of the, I think he was like one of the wins above replacement leaders last year. Uh, he has given up three hits over 12 innings and no earned runs. So he's been looking really impressive. Probably the best pitcher in the league so far, if you really want to dive into that. Yeah. I would, yeah, I would agree. I mean, I, I can't think of anyone else. Uh, I don't think Jack Flaherty has gotten his second start yet. It's tough because he's one of the only ones who's gotten two starts. And, yeah, he's put up – Zach Plesak yesterday is, or is actually the, well, the leader after his game yesterday, which looked really impressive. Um, Lance Lynn yeah, is second in the majors with .6 war. Um, so, yeah, he's been looking really good. Um, 12 – yeah, 12 innings pitch, a zero ERA, a one seven three fifth. Um yeah, Zach Plesak only pitched eight innings and, and produced 0.7 war. So he's averaging uh, about 0.1 win per inning, a little less. So that's really or, impressive. Is this uh, on fan graphs? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense because uh, Plesak, he struck out a lot of guys, didn't walk anybody, didn't give up any home runs. So that's, that's yeah. going to make your FIP uh, sky or go crazy yeah. low. Yeah, so, yeah I mean, this is 0 ERA with a FIP of 0.32. Yeah. So, yeah, for those unaware, Fangraphs wins above replacement. It values fielding independent pitching uh, more than it does ERA and ERA plus, which mm-hmm. both of us take a little bit of issue with. But it, nonetheless, I mean, Zach Flesak was unbelievable last night. I, I didn't catch any of it, but, I mean, it's, it was a major surprise because he's not known as a strikeout guy. Um, I know he had a lot less – uh, significantly less strikeouts than innings last yeah. year, which is, you know, not as not as common as it used to be. And yeah, eleven strikeouts against a lineup. You know, it's a powerful lineup, but I guess you know they they can strike out. I mean, you got Edwin Encarnacion who strikes out a lot. I think Yasmani Grandal gets his share of strikeouts. Yohan Moncada, Moncada too. led the league in strikeouts in twenty seventeen, I believe. Seventeen eighteen, yeah. Yeah, 2017, 2018. Um, and, yeah, so I guess, you know, you can get your strikeouts against that team. And mm-hmm. luck, luckily for the White Sox, um, their pitching staff was really able to – Yeah, Giolito bounced back. Yeah. Yeah, it was – okay, it was Giolito. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was able to bounce back hard uh, against that Indians lineup, and they were able to kind of steal that win after, uh, you know, Zach Plesak absolutely dominated yeah, and Luis yeah. Robert did a two-run single that inning too. He's been looking really good. He's got he's got a lot of hard-hit balls already, Chris. Uh, one thing I'd like to know: Zach Plesac, if he can continue to do that, that's big trouble for the AL Central because the Indians already have such a deep rotation. Where if you can have guys like Zach Plesac, who's probably their fifth best starter, putting up all those putting up twelve strikeouts per nine, you got a problem. Yeah, because I. I, in the preview, I said I do not. I said that I did not believe in Zach Plesac. You know, I'm still yeah. pretty iffy on him. I just, you know, I I put a lot of weight in the, especially for a guy who doesn't have much experience. I put a lot of weight in the baseball savant numbers, not just you know the mm-hmm. fastball velocity, the fastball spin. I'm looking at you know how opponents, how hard a, a, opponents are hitting the ball off of you. They were hitting it. They were hitting it pretty hard off of him last year, despite his, you know, pretty low ERA. But last, you know, last night, it definitely changed. And I mean, Game score 87. you know, he wasn't, he wasn't just missing 
uh, barrels, he was missing bats altogether. I mean, that's how you get 11 strikeouts. Yeah, no, uh, eight innings pitched, three hits, no runs, no walks, 11 strikeouts. I mean, that's, that's, as, good, that's as good as you can get pretty much right yeah. there. Yeah, I and, mean, so Cleveland, you got, uh, you got obviously your Biebers and your Clevengers who are Cy Young uh, contender pitchers. You yeah. then have uh, Carrasco who bounced back in his start. That was obviously really cool to see because he's gone through a lot. And then you have Aaron Savale, who I think a lot of people look at as very underrated. And he proved to be that uh, in his start. And then you have Plesak. So, I mean, the Indians have a really deep rotation to go along with an offense with guys like Jose Ramirez, who's been turning it back on, uh, Lindor, uh, Franmil Reyes, uh, Domingo Santana, Jordan Luplo, Carlos Santana. I mean, there's plenty of guys in that Indians lineup that can do damage. Yeah, I think the Indians, it really their their success this season will be determined by their three, four, and five starters. I think Bieber and Clevenger, you know, it's you know what you're should, getting from them. They should be, you know, low threes to high twos ERA guys, mm-hmm. you know, striking out ten guys per inning, ten plus guys per inning. But, you know, Aaron Savale was extremely good last year. You want him to maintain success. Carlos Carrasco took a step back. You want him to, you know, keep it keep it together like he has so far this season. And then uh, you know, Zach Plesak, if he's if he has games like that, I mean, I don't see why the Indians aren't right up there with the Twins. You know, if they if they have a very good staff like that, you know, one of the reasons I put them third in the uh, AL Central before the season, I didn't really believe in the depth of the, of the rotation, but so far it's looking pretty good for them. Yeah. So now we're gonna move on. Uh, Dodgers and Astros played this week, and you you know what that means. There's a big, there's a lot of animosity between those two teams, and the Joe Kelly Fight Club, as Chris has a shirt on right now, has been reinforced more than ever. He throws at Bregman on a 3-0 curveball. He throws at Correa. He he strikes out Correa, and then yells, "Nice pitch or nice swing." Bad word. That's not for the B, and it walks off the mound. Absolute boss move. Then he gets handed an eight-game suspension, which eight games is, is bananas to me. Why eight games? That is so many in a 60-game season. And, oh, by the way, when he fought Tyler, when he actually hit Tyler Austin and physically fought him, like he threw punches at him, he got six games. Why is he getting eight? Why does Ranfred care so much about that team that literally cheated to get a, to get a ring and completely robbed everyone? Like, why did, why did he feel like the Astros got their, their just – uh, by getting their manager fired and getting their, their GM fired. And the players got absolutely nothing. They're completely off the hook. But whenever someone throws at them, oh, that's big trouble. We can't have that in our game. Yeah, I mean, we discussed this in our uh, famous roast of Rob Manfred back in, back in studio in February. Mm-hmm. Where, when I lost my voice. Yeah, where, you know, we were – what I was saying basically was like I understand – if you can't punish, uh, if you can't punish the players uh, with you know suspensions or fines because of um, their immunity granted by I, I think it was the Pl- Players Association. However, you gotta there has to be some punishing, and you kind of have to, you know, you sort of as a league kind of have to turn a blind eye to whatever throwing at you know I get I I get if you know stuff is going directly at the head of guys 
However, I don't know. Like Joe Kelly, cur- the only the only pitch that went at someone's head was a curveball. So yeah, I mean the like I I was I was watching the game live and I was like I have no idea if that was on purpose or not because Joe Kelly, I mean, was. Joe Kelly has some of the you know for a major leaguer has some of the worst control in baseball. <laughs> I think we we understand that. So yeah. we don't really know if he's throwing at a guy or not. I mean, it, I, rem- I remember with Tyler Austin, it was pretty clear. I think he had a little more control back then. Yeah. But last night, or uh, two nights ago, yeah, wasn't I wasn't so sure about it. You know, the there's a the one at Bregman was was a fastball, but it was on three zero, and it came after three pitches that were not at him. And then the Correa one was on a 87 mile an hour slider. Yeah, no, it's you can't be doing that. Uh, it just yeah, doesn't I mean, make any sense to me why Rob Manfred cares more about the people who cheated to get a ring than the people who go at the people who cheated to get a ring. And also another thing that I've seen a lot of people saying, like especially Lance McCullers who spoke out against this, saying that Joe Kelly wasn't even on the 2017 Dodgers. What, what does he care if, if they cheated to get that ring? Joe Kelly was eliminated by the Astros in 2017. He was on that Red Sox team. And yes, he did later get revenge. But guess what? The Astros cheated Joe Kelly too, even if he wasn't on that Dodgers team, which I think a lot of people fail to understand. The Astros cheated every single pitcher that they saw yeah. uh, from, from the time that they used the garbage can. I mean, the, the, guy who, the guy who probably has most issue with the Astros was on the Blue Jays, Mike Bolsinger. Who got uh, sent down to uh, sent down to the minors immediately after giving up four runs to the Astros in their home stadium? Another one was Chris Medlin. I think his last career plate appearance or his last career outing was against the Astros as well. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, like <laughs> they didn't only cheat against the 2017 Dodgers. Yeah, no, and 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 even in the playoffs, like the the Astros eliminated Joe Kelly from the playoffs in 2017 yeah that's that's completely correct and I mean like the yeah people forget about that because everyone thinks about Yankees and Dodgers but and the reason for that is because the Red Sox eventually got their revenge like if the Red Sox if the Red Sox don't win the ALCS in 2018 we're now looking at the Red Sox and like oh well we should have won that American League Division Series we should have faced the Yankees in the ALCS and we should have gotten a chance to fight for a World Series but no you guys had to use your trash cans the reason people aren't talking about that is because the Red Sox were able to salvage uh, revenge in 2018. Yeah, and if they lost if they lost that championship series in 2018, I think that anger is similar, yeah. especially especially if they lost it in the fashion that like the Yankees lost it. You know, a very close, tight series where uh, in 2017 they lost in seven games, in 2019 mm-hmm. they lost on a walk off um, in Game Six. Yeah, it, yeah, it would be a much bigger deal. It certainly is. And it just doesn't make any sense to me why Joe Kelly gets eight. Like, that's, that's such an arbitrary – like, he's really – like, in a 60-game season, eight games means a lot more than it does in a 162-game season. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's frank – yeah, it's frankly discussed. It, it – you know, I know we're saying pretty obvious thing, but, like, I don't – I I just don't understand how like how a commissioner could just be like yeah the, these guys 
these are a protected class. We have to protect these people. Also, another, another, just to touch back on the, uh, the whole, like, Joe Kelly didn't play for the Dodgers thing. Did you see how, like, do you remember how many teams and players were speaking out against the Astros in spring training this year? Like, the, I remember Chris Bryant was speaking out. Why would he care? They didn't even face the Astros in 2017, I don't think, right? Um, no, they didn't. Yeah. They did. They did not face the Astros once in 2017. Mike Trout. He, is, he didn't go to the playoffs in 2017. He was speaking out against the Astros. It's not just the Dodgers thing, and it's not just the Yankees thing either. The whole league, as, as a unit, is mad at the Astros for 2017, whether they were affected by their team directly or not. So obviously, Joe Kelly is a guy who's going to be upset, and if he's upset, he is proven to be the type of guy that will, that will go at it with people. Yeah, I think also, yeah, he's – a guy on the Dodgers was probably going to do something. And I guess if you, if there's a guy, you've got to put Joe Kelly in. Yeah. You got to put Joe Kelly in that situation. You can't put, you can't put a crafty lefty in that situation, (laughs) throw in, you know, I can't think of of an example. I would say Rich Hill, but he's not on the team anymore. That's like the best Dodgers example I can think of. Yeah. You know, you know, know. you don't want to put in there. Bruce Dark Gratterall is a guy you don't want to put in there. Like, he does ha- throw 100, and he does have nasty stuff, but, like, he's a rookie. He's just, he just started. He wasn't in the league in 2017. That's, like, the last guy you want to have out there. Yeah, he was. He talk, Yeah, he's, like, one of the only guys on the Dodgers that was, not a, was definitely not affected in 2017. No. Nope. People, most people didn't even know who he was, and now he's got amazing stuff, and he's probably going to be locking it down for the Dodgers, and he could have been on the Red Sox. Yeah, I mean, we uh, I guess technically we got a better prospect. Yeah, I mean, for for now, hopefully. Really good. Yeah, I mean, I see I see all the stuff on Twitter about Bruce Dar being on the uh, on the Dodgers and like if if the if the roles were reversed if if Jeter Downs was like a. Uh, was currently I, hitting like three three thirty. Yeah, the same yeah. stuff would be said about him. Exactly. Like, I mean, obviously, you have to wait and see with prospects. Uh, but right now, as of July thirtieth, two thousand twenty, the fact that we didn't the Red Sox didn't get Bruce Dargraderall looks tough. Yeah. However, I don't think he would have made too much of a difference for this no, year. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, I mean, the Red Sox could use any type of pitching, so maybe maybe, yeah. maybe we do wish it right now. Yeah, maybe you wish. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. Would he have been starting? I'm not sure. Probably not. He's been yeah. leaving the Dodgers. Yeah. I'll, I don't know. I don't know what they'd try to do with him. I'll, uh, or actually, I was thinking of Darwin's and Hernandez, but he tested positive for COVID, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about, oh, they could move him to starter, but no, that's not going to be a thing. But, but anything else we got on uh, Joe Kelly? That's about it. Joe Kelly's a hero. So, yeah, Joe Kelly. This is a, a pro Joe Kelly show for the yes, moment. It, it always it always has been, and it always will be a pro Joe Kelly show. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Unless something yeah. unless something weird happens. Unless he like apologizes. No, uh, well, I mean that'd be stupid. I don't think he will though. Yeah. <laughs> but that moves on to our uh our how about that's our our edition of the volume right did you get that i did 
there we go. So for our edition of how about that, I don't really, I only have one statistic, but I think, I think Daniel is, is going to take the stage here uh, with some players that definitely outshined the competition for this past week. What do you got, Daniel? So I, I took a couple of guys on, on teams that we otherwise would not have mentioned because they're just not the highest quality teams. But I, I found some things that I thought were interesting. First of all, we're going to talk about Colin Moran, who is on the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I looked at his, at his uh, stat cast, and he found something really, really interesting. He's sort of flipping a script this year. So in 2019, Colin Moran hit 292, 292 against fastballs, and he hit 230 against breaking balls. So obviously he's a fastball hitter. He's better uh, on that type of pitching. So far this season, he has six hits, and five of them have been on breaking balls, which is pretty interesting. He's slugging 444 on fastballs and 1,500 on breaking balls. And uh, if you look at his Savant page, he's pretty much top 15% uh, percentile in pretty much everything. So Colin Moran, a guy that's been really flipping the script, as I said earlier, uh, usually a fastball hitter was last year. Early on this year, he's gotten a lot better at hitting breaking balls. And he's also hitting 625 on breaking balls, too. Chris, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, not, not much. Not much that Tom Hamilton cannot uh, mm -hmm. say <laughs> through uh, uh, digitally. But, yeah, Colin Moran, uh, Pirates player, is that? Yep. Okay, yeah, Pirates player. Yeah, something, something to look for on the Pirates. I mean, you know you got Josh Bell and, and Brian Reynolds, but um, Colin Moran, do you know how old he is? He seems like um, he must be a younger guy. He's definitely in his 20s. I'm guessing, like, uh, late 20s, maybe. He is uh, 27 years old. Yeah, just as bad as I thought. So some, a decently young guy to go in that Also, lineup. he came over in the Garrett Cole trade, too. It's very interesting. Yeah. At least, at least they got – Something, something yeah, there. As of now, uh, he is leading the league in slugging percentage with an 800 slugging, uh, with also as a uh, 1164 OPS. There we go. Yeah, and he has three home runs. Three home run. Yeah, that's quality. Colin yeah, Moran, adding adding some some juice to the Pirates lineup. For my, how about that? I only have one statistic. Um, Mike Yastrzemski had yep. an extremely good game last night led the a walk-off home run for him and and uh led the giants to a seven to six victory uh he had three hits and two home runs the last san francisco giant to have three hits three plus hits and two plus home runs in the first six games of the season was barry bonds in 2002 of course I, sh I should have known. I should have known it was going to Barry Bonds in the early 2000s. Yeah, 2002, extremely good season. You could say Classic. his best. You could, I mean, you could say that for, like, three other seasons, too. Correct. Yeah. All right, so I have one more uh, player. Chris, have you been looking at any of the, the leaderboards recently, like the OPS leaderboards, the weighted runs created plus leaderboards, any of that? Uh, mostly just wins above replacement. I haven't been. Right, that's totally okay. Outside of Miguel Rojas – there are two players in baseball with at least a 1,400 OPS. Can you name them? 
1400 OPS. Uh, is David Fletcher one of them? Nope. I think he. I think he missed. He went 0 for five last night. Kind of. One of them. Changed. One of them is pretty obvious, and one of them is my player. Okay. Um, oh, pretty obvious. Um, uh, Mike Trout. What? Mike Trout. Mike Trout is not one of them. One of the one the, the one that's obvious hit a 480 foot home run uh, last oh, weekend. John Carlos Stanton. John Carlos Stanton is one of them. Do you want me to give you the uh, give you the other one? Yes, please. It is Jacoby Jones. Jacoby Jones, Tigers. Jacoby Jones of the Detroit Tigers has a 1450 OPS this season, and uh, that is obviously third in the league. Second, if you don't count Miguel Rojas, who's only played three games, and last night. As in Wednesday night, or no, wait, today's – no, yeah, okay, Wednesday night. Uh, he went three for three against Kansas City and also hit the go-ahead home run. And his OPS actually jumped from 1040 to 1450. And uh, he qualifies, and he's on the qualifying list. So uh, that is Jacoby Jones. That is my other player to watch from the Detroit Tigers. There we go. That, mm-hmm. That's an interesting – I had no idea about Jacoby Jones and what he was doing I, for the Tigers. Yeah, I was hoping you didn't. It's it's hard for people to see that because he's on Detroit, and he was in the nine hole last night too. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. You you don't you don't expect that production out of the out of the nine hole, unless maybe uh Miguel Rojas is on your team. <laughs> he's he's been producing out of. I think he's hitting eighth or ninth. I'm not sure, but yeah, like that. Who, who knows the next time he's hitting though. However. But yeah, that's those are our how about uh, that was our uh, latest edition of how about that, where we highlight um, highlight some some players, mostly some unsung players uh, from the uh, from the past week. Uh, we're gonna be doing this. We're gonna be doing how about that uh, every you know Thursday slash Friday episode. Midweek show. Every midweek show, we'll be doing that, um, and then I think. I think next week we'll we'll incorporate uh, slightly alarming statistics. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't think the first week it would be hard to kind of uh, yeah include anything, but I think next yep. week we'll start doing that where we'll we'll do some bad stats on some guys mm-hmm. uh, who have been on the struggle bus lately. But that's it for how about that. Now we're looking at uh, some players and teams, some matchups to look for. Um, in the next weekend of baseball, I mean, this the middle mm-hmm. of the week is kind of wrapping up. I think t- tonight we have a four game uh, four game series starting a week a four game weekend series starting with the Dodgers and Diamondbacks. But most of this weekend series are starting on Friday. So, uh, do you have what uh yeah. what what uh, players and and team matchups are you looking at? So I'm looking the- at one particular team matchup uh, this week. And it is a four-game set that starts tonight. The Indians visiting Minnesota. Right. Facing the Twins. Probably, arguably, the best two teams in the AL Central. Uh, the Indians were my AL Central champs. You had the Twins. So it'll be uh, that kind of matchup. Tonight, we got Shane Bieber versus Jose Barrios. We obviously just talked about the Indians' rotation. The Twins have not announced any starters outside of Barrios at this time. Uh, but the Indians have Clevenger. Uh, Carrasco and then Savale going through the rest of the series. So I'm going to be interested in that. Uh, we got what? What do we got for interleague? We got Reds Tigers again. 
Oh, boy. Uh, we got Phillies and Blue Jays. So that'll be cool. Oh, you know what I want to see this weekend? What? Uh, if, if this matchup is happening, hold on. When? How? How many games do the Phillies and Blue Jays play? Oh, okay. Saturday, I want to see Zach Wheeler versus Boba Shet. Oh, that's a good matchup. Yeah. Yeah, Zach Wheeler. You know, pretty much all the all the righties in that lineup, even like mm-hmm. Vladdy Jr. But Boba Shet has uh, kind of made made some noise as of late yep but yeah my my uh player to look for is actually in your uh in your series to look for okay so it's it is a pitcher i'm just looking at the matchup uh pitcher pitcher versus batters uh mike clevenger on i believe yeah friday so mike you know the the Minnesota Twins, known for their offense last year, I think they set the single-season record for home runs by a team. They sure did. However, Mike Clevenger against the Twins last year had a 2-3-9 ERA against them in uh, about five starts. So we're, you should look to see if uh, he can maintain that success and, and steal a win for the, for the Indians. I think that'll be a, a good matchup. Certainly. And Newark, we got Red Sox-Yankees this weekend. That's always a classic, of course. Uh, probably not going to be as high. The Red Sox actually just announced uh, their starters. They got Martin Perez finishing off the series against the Mets tonight. And then uh, oh, yeah. they got Ryan Weber, Zach Godley, and TBD going. So should be exciting <laughs> if, you're a, if you're a Red Sox fan who loves some good pitching. Yeah, I mean, uh, who knew that? I mean, 20, 2018 was so was not very far away. I mean – I remember, I remember back in the day when Chris Sale could strike out every single Yankee and <laughs> David, old Price, days. David Price was okay against them at Fenway. and Okay at best, yeah. Okay. And Eovaldi was pretty good against them. And, and Stephen Wright used to carve them up back in the day. Yeah, I remember those days back in 2018. Back in my day. But those days, those days are long gone. Yeah. Now we got to worry about if we have enough pitching to survive a 60-game season. Yeah, that's uh, that's very true. But I have I have one last thought uh, before we wrap up here. Um, do you have anything else as far as matchups go? Uh, no, not really. Okay, so Jose Reyes uh, officially announced his retirement from Major League Baseball yesterday. Uh, one of the great Mets of all time, fifth in. Uh, wins above replacement for position players on the Mets with 27.9. He was also the Mets all-time stolen base leader with 408. No one else had more than 281. Uh, so he was far and away the best uh, base dealer in Mets history. And one like little nugget I had in 2011, uh, Jose Reyes is the only player to produce a season since 1986 with 15 triples, 35 stolen bases and a 140 OPS plus. He was electric that season. He was pretty much a five-tool player doing it all. And uh, he will be missed uh, for the Mets. I know he had some off-the-field issues here and there around uh, mid, mid-decade a uh, few years ago. But I don't think – I mean, not a Hall of Famer, but certainly a Mets Hall of Famer. Yeah, he was, uh, He was. you know, growing up learning about the game of baseball. I remember in 2007 he had like 70 stolen bases – yeah, uh, it was pretty. It was pretty wild. 
so I, I kind of learned about him a little bit growing up, watching watching some baseball. And uh, yeah, wow, he had seventy eight stolen bases in two thousand seven. Yeah, he had seventy eight stolen bases in two thousand seven. So I heard about him pretty early in my sports fandom. But yeah, he was. Uh, you know, it, it's funny you bring up that twenty eleven season because yeah, he definitely earned every bit of that one hundred six million dollar contract in Miami. Yep. I mean, yeah, I think part of his legacy, unfortunately, will be one of the faces of that just failure in to rebrand as the Miami Marlins. But I don't, you know, his. Mets I mean, there's pl- there's plenty of faces there. Yeah, his his Mets legacy shall live on. Um, yeah, yeah, he had he had a very good career in uh, in Queens. But yeah, I think that leads us to the conclusion of our episode little midweek check-in uh jose reyes is the only nl player since 2000 to steal at least 75 bases in a season actually he's the only player period to do it oh wow yeah let me let me see how far i can go on this that's pretty 90s are probably gonna have more yeah, Kenny Lofton, Kenny Lofton at 75, Marquise Grissom at 78, Marquise Grissom also at 76, Vince Coleman at 77. Yeah, I mean, Jose Reyes is probably the best base stealer of our generation, of that generation, you could argue. Yeah, and, like, that's probably – you're not going to see a lot of – a lot more 70s stolen base seasons. I mean, uh, no. Ellsbury did it in uh, 2009. Yep. Uh, but... five, 517 career stolen bases. Yeah, that's uh, pretty good. That's pretty wild. Just just beating out Barry Bonds, <laughs> just barely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that leads us to the conclusion of the episode. Uh, for our midweek check-in, mm-hmm. um, we will be. So, uh, if you enjoyed the episode, if you uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and you want to watch us talk on youtube go to our youtube channel it is called stbnl with christianta and daniel curran if you want to follow us on twitter follow me at chris underscore gianta follow daniel at daniel underscore curran and follow our instagram the instagram is called stbnl podcast and uh we hope you enjoyed our little midweek check-in uh on the on the uh, week of base, on the past half week of baseball, and we look also, forward to. We would like ahead. to thank Baseball Reference and Fangraphs for their contributions, as always. Just had to add that in there. As always, correct. Mm-hmm. And we hope to see you uh, on Monday after we've recapped the weekend in baseball and preview the week ahead. See you next time.